Hey guys, it's Andriana again, or known as Chasing333 on Instagram, Spotify, Anchor FM, which is a pod, a really good podcast app I use to download my apps, uh, download my podcast, sorry, as well as make them. So today, our topic will be on being a people pleaser, or if everyone always has mentioned to you that you're always a yes man or a yes woman. This is for you guys to listen to today. So I've had um, Ashley332 on Instagram who sent me a direct message on one of my posts asking about a... Asking a question basically about how she can stop being a people pleaser. So I'm very good with this question because I've been one my whole life and... To be honest, only until maybe six months ago, I actually had to put a, a, a step, a, a big stepping stone in the middle of the way of, of my routine and my life and how I was living because I kept having mental breakdowns. But I also kept thinking in my subconscious every time I was going out socializing or even saying yes to staying back to work or taking someone's shift even, even though I didn't want to. I remember also feeling so stressed in my mind while saying yes. And I, and I remember I actually had to take a step back and look at myself in the mirror one day but for so many years I had friends and family told me stay away from that girl she's using you Anna can you see what this person's doing to you your boss doesn't give a shit about you he just knows that you love to work stop Anna he's using you I've never ever actually took a step back and listen to that advice from family and friends. I always thought that I had to keep up with the rush of my mind and the guiltiness that I feel when I when I can't say yes to people. So I wrote down a few notes. Um, obviously, I don't want to be talking for hours. I want to make it quick and, and, and to the point. And this is something I wish I did maybe 10 years ago. I think that would have changed changed me a lot for the better. And this is now maybe group number five of friends I've gone through as well because of I've noticed it's not their fault. It's my pattern of what I do. I become friends with people that I don't even want to become friends with just because I'm a yes man. I'm a pleaser. I'm an introverted person that loves to read. I love studying. I'm in third year psychology. So uni is my main focus. Two years ago or a year ago still, I was hanging out with the wrong type of crowd. The people that were all about socializing and dating and, you know, going out as much as you can, hotel rooms, drinking. And then I asked myself, fuck, why do I feel so lonely for when I hang out with these people? They always bring me out of my show and make me do all these wild things. But that was never me. But I was always a people pleaser, a yes man. So I couldn't actually realize what I was doing. An introvert putting herself in an extroverted situation, but consistently and calling those people her best friends when really they should be people that are friends from far. Maybe people you've seen minimal. So these friends started using me oh god they started using me a lot because they knew that I couldn't say no so it came to me always being the one booking Meriton hotel rooms whenever we'd go out clubbing it came to me always being the one paying for ciggies paying for smokes um you know I also have had a friend before who cried poor for so long because she knew I was a nice person to find out that she was fucking lying about having cancer and when I confronted her, she just kept finding ways to make me feel sorry for her. And I almost slipped into it again. Because feeling sorry for someone and being a people pleaser 
is a very addictive, a very addictive emotion, just like anger. You meet people that are always quick to anger, first ones to scream, to rage. Everyone walks around eggshells around them. People pleasers, manipulators love people like me. Narcissists love people like me because they can tell you whatever you need to hear while deep down digging into your bank account, digging into your emotions, digging into your, your personal life because you're giving them that that feed that they want, you know? And I remember once speaking up to a friend who tried to tell me, oh, should we just not invite you out anymore? Since you, I, I, started, I started putting my foot down and saying, I'm sorry, guys, I don't want to come out to this. That's all we do. If we're friends, why can't we go out to a cafe? If we're friends, why can't we just fucking chill and go on a beach walk? Like, I'm not about going out with these 15 group people that I've never even met before getting shit faced, you know? When I put my foot down and started saying, sorry, I'm not coming out tonight. Sorry, no, I don't want to do that tonight. Like, I just want to chill with my mates, not be with these 65 other people you've invited. Oh, should we just not invite you any more than Andriana? Are you just being like a depressed person? Is something up with you? And I believed them. And I made myself shut up and I fell into the trap again. Oh, Anna, you're being too depressed. Shut up. No, sorry, by the way, my name's Anna or Andriana. So I'm going to go back and forth between my names. Um, you know, the emotions of guilt, they're very strong. They were very strong for me. I had to really work through this with my therapist. But that's one example of what I've been through. So I know that pain and suffering of basically never being able to do what you want or say no because you're just hooked onto people pleasing, you know? So people as well once they notice that you put your foot down and you say i'm not doing this anymore i can't do this anymore you, you keep using me you keep making me do things i don't want to that will find any way to justify that you're going crazy that you're weird and jealous over them because i've got other friends or you know that i'm just going through something so many times people have asked me if i've personally been going through something because i put my foot down instead of doing what they wanted you know so my advice to you is look at yourself in the mirror if you keep hearing the same constant opinion from family and friends that actually know you if you keep hearing the the opinion whenever you bring a new person around them oh seriously that person's using you watch out i can tell he just likes you because you keep paying for his drinks on the weekend i can tell he just likes you because you keep smoking weed with him and he keeps taking it off you you know i'm just shooting out real life situations so as well i'm just being realistic especially with my generation i see it all the time people use each other for drugs for sex like i'm you know i'm not trying to be negative here i'm just talking about the real reality of of this generation and what people use each other for um drugs seems to be on the top as well as money obviously and then love of course comes next if you keep getting those those opinions sit down write down 10 things you actually see in the people that you hang out with if you keep calling someone your best friend deep down but you feel lonely after you hang out with them or you're so anxious by the time you leave them that is not your close mate that's probably someone that's using you so well they've got you wrapped around their finger you need to sit down you need to write out your friends write out what they do for you positive in a positive way if you don't have an answer to that you need to start looking into what you do to that person, what you do to that person that makes you call them a friend, that makes you want to hang out with them. Because I'm telling you, I've, I did that. I sat down six months ago. 
I wrote down on a piece of paper six of my friends' names that I consider my best mates. I wrote next to it, if I could, the pros and the cons. Three of them I couldn't even write anything positive about. And I sat there actually crying for like an hour straight because this my soul or my gut was like to me, do you remember all those times your sister Maria told you, stay away from them, stay away from them, they're just using you because you're too kind. And it just all hit me at once. And wow, I feel like an even more like an even more mature blossomed person because I finally acknowledged that I'm a people pleaser but I put a stop to it and now the people I hang out with I don't feel lonely I have now my friends have gone from 10 to 3 I don't feel lonely and I can't even remember the last time I felt anxious around a friend because they actually genuinely want to hang out with me and go for a coffee with me not just come clubbing with me or come out with me for the weekend because I know I'm going to pay for a hotel or something you know just just stupid little little scenarios I'm I'm telling you obviously everyone's got their own scenario and different situation but people pleasing mainly happens in relationships of of friends you know um obviously intimate relationships or you know wedding marriages that's a different people pleasing you see it all the time when the the wife fucks up she goes and gets the man a present or when he fucks up he comes home with flowers that's the people pleasing in in marriages as well but i'm talking about people pleasing in just general in all aspects of your life i've been used a lot in the workplace because of how hard i used to work so i have trauma brain my way of coping is through working i can work 60 hour weeks not socialize not see anyone just so i can somehow work through that that's my coping mechanism that's how i deal with my anxiety you know, I've got severe trauma pain. I was, um, my posts do talk about what I went through, but I was molested for 10 years. So I'm very experienced um, with the emotions of sexual abuse and rape and that type of trauma. I'm very understanding of PTSD as well. So if anyone listening to this needs some help or wants to ask questions, head on to my Instagram at chasing.333. And you're able to shoot me a message. I'm not a, th- I'm not a therapist yet. I've still got three years to go, but I'm able to, you know, maybe give you the right support or tools, whatever you want to ask. Just, you know, I can help you, but just know that I'm not a professional therapist, so I cannot be your counselor. Um. Anyways, sorry. So what I was trying to say is, going through that, um, being molested for almost ten, to, to be honest, ten years of my childhood. Um, growing up with severe shame and guilt just ruminating in me from the moment I'm awake has re- has really made me become a people pleaser because I always feel guilt so easy from my trauma brain, you know. People either become bitter, super bitter from what happened to them or super, you know, fragile. I'm half-half. So I also had to sit down and acknowledge that I have trauma brain that allows me or that makes me think that I have to do all these things I don't. That makes me think I have to be a 40-year-old woman at 23. That I have to do all these crazy things now. I have to run with how fast my trauma brain's going, you know. Um, including friends. I must have a lot of friends. Like Trauma brain just makes your mind go so, so fast. So to those out there that have trauma brain or that are people pleasers with trauma brain, you need to stop acting like you're like everyone else. And like you've got a normal mind like everyone else because you don't. Facts don't lie brainwave scans don't lie when you've been traumatized your brain waves are different therefore 
elevating your anxiety, increasing your depression, things like that, you're, you don't have the same brain as everyone else. Can you change it over time? Yes, neuroplasticity is amazing. Joe Dispenza always talks about it. Can you meditate and fix your issues? Yes, I'm not telling you it's the end of the world. Your brain's always going to be different. But when you come to understanding yourself or why, you're, why you do certain things and you've got trauma brain, you need to accept that you've got trauma brain. You need to understand yourself a bit more. I noticed people that knew my childhood and knew that I was weak because of it. And I've got people that have used me because of it, used my kindness. And I've got people that kept reminding me all the time that I needed to be careful with who I put around me because of my mindset and and what I've been through. And I never understood those people that gave me advice when I was younger. I guess I was too naive, you know. When you're 16, you think you know it all. Um, so... So like I really just I really just want to tell people that are listening right now that are yes men's stop doing it. You know you're doing it too. Don't give in to your ego. You don't need fifteen friends. You don't need to be on the Instagram account. You don't need to do things you, you, you want to you don't need to do things you don't want to just to please people. Like put a stop to that and I promise you the more you stop that, the more your anxiety goes away, the more you feel free to be yourself. So I think that's a wrap up for today. Hopefully on my next podcast, I am going to have a guest who's going to be on the show talking. So keep tuned and head on to Chasing333 for more posts and updates of what I have. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. It's Andriana, or I'm known as Chasing333 for those that have me on my Instagram page which is all about fucking off fake positivity bullshit posts and really speaking about the real raw truth of people who suffer with PTSD, um, mental health and obviously always finding a solution out because even the most fucked up, darkest people find a way out. So today... Unfortunately, I won't be selling you a program or a five-step kind of rule on how to live your life or find an easy way out of your bitter journey. What I'll be talking about today is something called the window of your tolerance. So through years of my own, you know, experience and traumas and suffering with PTSD myself and now it's come to seven years of seeing a therapist myself and now also being in my third year of studying psychology at Macquarie University in Sydney. I've developed a lot of understanding of myself, the brain. Um, I'm still understanding myself, so I am no, you know, know-it-all type of person. I'm someone that learns off people still and I'm still learning myself, but I've created these techniques I've found that have really helped, you know, unfortunately I've got a lot of people around me that suffer with self-medicating. Being Egyptian Greek and coming from a very closed-minded culture as well, you can't really speak up about your issues and when you do, it's usually the priest fucking telling you that you just need to pray more as to why you're anxious, you know? So anyway, moving forward, today's first podcast is basically creating a sense of safety after it's gone living within your window of tolerance and i'll be explaining that further into the podcast so 
What is safety? Well, there's three ways to look at safety. There's safety in your body. There's safety in your emotions and your thoughts. And there's safety in your environment and the relationships you create around you. Now, someone who has never experienced trauma or severe anxiety has no issue at all with these three types of safety. Someone who's traumatized or is around toxic family members and people and falls into the same loop as them usually ends up in relationships that last for maybe a year if they're lucky, usually always ending in fights and screaming and arguments and somehow their friends seem to be exactly like their siblings or their mother and father. They keep somehow attracting the same bullshit back to them. It's called energy. Quantum physics doesn't lie. What you feel creates your reality. You know, you always hear Joe Dispenza, if you're always thinking in the past, how can you feel greater than what you feel if you're always thinking in the past, you know? Um, so I'm just going to, you know, continue talking about this window of tolerance that I've created um, for the podcast today. So when we are triggered by reminders of past traumas or we experience fear, overwhelm or just lots of stress, our bodies naturally react defensively. We become hyper aroused, you know, people that are always bitter and angry, you know, and this is the automatic activation of the flight, fight and freeze defense response. I'm sure we all have a friend that is always quick to react with anger and negativity. That's what I'm talking about. Alternatively, alternatively, when there is no opportunity to escape that sense of always being threatened or chronic stressed. The body may eventually just collapse, going into a state of, well, most of us know this as being numb, being cold, hypoarousal. The continual activation of defense responses can lead to health problems. It can contribute to substance use and abuse when drugs and alcohol are used to get out of these states of arousal. Activation of defences also causes relationship problems. I'm someone that can definitely put my hand up for that. Um, I've only ever known how to date, I guess, toxic people that eventually look at me and say, I'm sorry, I can't do this. You know, only maybe three years ago, I looked at myself in the mirror and realised my pattern. Until then, I was always falling in the loop. So most of us have difficulty getting along with others when our defense are always activated or fight and flow, fight and flight. Often we think our hyperarousal or hypoarousal responses are signs that there is something wrong with us. Actually, when the body responds defensively, it's just trying to keep you safe and you have little control of that. These reactions happen so quick and automatically to the little slightest sign of danger. Learning the signs that you are either hyper aroused or hypo arised and then doing things that can help you feel calm is the practice of what I'm going to talk about today, which is the window of tolerance, creating your own window of tolerance. So there are three basic tools that you know I've learned through years of going to therapists, going to a neurolinguistic therapist, going to a um CBT therapist, going to a social um 
sorry, a sexual assault trauma survivor type of therapist groups and things like that. These are three things that have always come back and things I've noticed have worked. I've gone downhill of drugs and alcohol for 10 years, becoming, uh, projecting this anxious Andriana into being the most loudest one in the room, drinking, having more fucking friends than I can count. Just to not actually look at myself in the mirror and see how broken I am. I've done that. Uh, drugs and alcohol didn't get me anywhere. Just, you know, running through work as well. That's something I'm very good at. I can pick up 60-hour weeks of work just to focus on not socialising and creating relationships. That's something I'm really good at, you know. So I did a lot of things to continue my trauma without realising Finally taking a step back and realising the tools which I'm about to mention really helps. So one of them is known as the anchor technique or anchoring thoughts. So I use this because I spiral very easily. My mind goes into very constant negative thinking spirals. Okay? You're probably thinking, how the fuck do you get a psychology page? How the fuck are you in your third year of psychology if you're like this? Well, truth is, no one's perfect. Even your therapist suffers with their mind themselves. So this is just the real, raw truth um, of, you know, what happens to people that suffer severely. It's not just get over it, mate. You're, you're choosing to think of it. People suffer horribly with you know, generalised anxiety, PTSD, things like that. So anchoring thoughts for people that have severe anxiety is amazing. So basically, when you start that spiralling pattern, you know, when you've been going good for a few weeks or a few days and then that spiralling negativity likes to come back and remind you of how you need to feel negative and how you can't be present. And anchoring thought is what comes to break through that. So the more you disturb those patterns, those negative patterns your body's used to, the more these present enlightened moments come out in you. So, you know, an anchoring thought, for example, for me would be taking my dog on a walk if I straight away put my mind back to when I take my dog on a walk and I'm in front of the beach and I feel happy and present if I put that into my mind every time that constant spiraling comes down when there's a lot of stress going on I straight away go no stop it's my body fucking with me I'll give that um, negative spiraling voice a name I'll say Amanda I'll be like no Amanda's fucking with me go away Amanda anchoring thought think of my dog on the beach just chilling it sounds stupid but the more you do an anchoring thought system the more you remove the negative systems out of your brain removing removing the spiraling patterns the second tool for creating safety within your window of tolerance is known as the breathing technique very easy very simple a natural way to get those serotonin boosters kind of working for people who unfortunately suffer so breathing techniques start with your stomach, okay? There's many different breathing techniques. You can search them up on Google. There's the square breathing, I believe, which is the four-second inhale, exhale. And my favorite one that works for me. So I normally wake up with body shakes in the morning and my mind and body just a complete in panic attack mode from the moment I wake up. People like me exist, I hope. Um, so I always like to use a breathing technique. So I place my hand on my heart and I place the other hand on my stomach and I breathe in for my nose and out for my stomach 
and I feel the air coming out really from my stomach through to my throat and out. As you're doing this breathing technique, you're literally imagining all those those negative and energies stored in your body coming out with your breath, okay? So that's the second tool, breathing techniques. The third and final tool is, I know a lot of us hate this, that suffer from anxiety, support, relationships, your groups of friends or that one friend, but you know, I'm talking about a friend friend, not just someone that you go out to get drunk with, not just someone that you go out to talk gossip with, you know, Someone who's still stuck in the level one of trauma will only know how to hang out with traumatized people and wrong groups of people. People that have kind of taken a level up or that were lucky enough to meet a mature person to kind of help them open that third eye are able to have good support groups around them. Sometimes all you need is a listener to get that 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 negative Amanda out of your head, you know? So... I can honestly admit having amazing friends um, that luckily work within the youth and um, docs services are able to really understand you sometimes, you know, the, 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 the experience that they've had working with children that come straight out of homes, you know, that are traumatised and things. Having those type of friends made me realise a lot about myself, you know, um, and that it's completely normal to be traumatized. It's complete. You don't need to run from your mind. You don't need to act like you're okay. You don't need to drink your thoughts away or smoke your issues away. If you have a good support group that just accepts you and understands your anxiety, that can really help you um, and fast track your journey of healing. So I'm very lucky that I have a lot of friends that are within the youth and family and doc services in Australia. Um, that really understand mental health because they work with it. So I'm very lucky to have friends that have always understood me, you know. I've always been around fake positivity, unfortunately, and people that just told me to get over it or maybe you should pray a little more. Um, and I just want to say that fuck those peoples off because they make you feel a lot more worse, you know. Um, I'm not saying there's you're never going to get over your shit, what I'm saying is there's a real raw truth of psychology and a lot of mental health experts or people that are very well known do not go down that path because they can make money off you. They can sell you a five-step program. They can sell you their book. So you hear a lot of the wrong information of dealing with trauma. So I really hope, I really hope today's podcast has helped... Um, some of you that may be feeling the same as me or, you know, that feel a sense of really fucked up anxiety constantly. I just want to let you guys know that there is ways out of there. You've just got to follow that journey. Everyone's journey is different, so stop comparing yourself. And please head on to my Instagram account, chasing.333, to look at some posts um, DM me if you have any podcast topics you want me to mention next or any questions. I'm not a therapist, so I can't help people out with their issues. But please, like, hit me up on Instagram, share these posts with, um, and podcasts with people you think that are suffering as well, you know. You, I've got a lot of friends around me, um, that unfortunately self-medicate and use drugs, but will sit there and tell me, 
that I don't need medication while they have to drink just to socialize, you know? I've got a lot of friends like that and I really hope they're tuning into my podcast right now. So head on to chasing.333 and I'm looking forward for the next podcast.